This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Chelsea Braun is a UCLA graduate and NCAA D1 national champion. She has had the opportunity to play for Jill Ellis and many others who are considered to be among the top female coaches in the country. But after playing college soccer, Chelsea was faced with a big decision. Keep playing or go find a real job. In this conversation, Chelsea talks about how difficult that decision was and what ultimately led her to coaching for Tudela FC, which is an all-girls club in Hollywood, California. Chelsea and the club's founder, Jacob Tudela, are on a mission to provide a different type of soccer experience for girls in their community. I've provided links to their website and to their Instagram account in the write-up of this podcast. You'll hear Chelsea talk about how they use their Instagram account to showcase some of their unique training activities. And as I said that, I used air quotes with my fingers. You can't see that, but I did that. And I think you will understand why once you hear Chelsea talk about those unique training activities. I highly recommend going to check out their their social media accounts. It's super fun. Uh, And just a reminder that this podcast is supported by the 343 Coaching Education Membership. Our online coaching courses give you behind-the-scenes access to the proven 343 methodology has helped to develop some of the top players in the United States. After signing up, you will have 24-7 access to the course material and be able to learn about coaching possession-based soccer whenever and wherever is convenient for you. To find more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program or to sign up and start learning today, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 Podcast with Chelsea Braun. I guess we should probably start with a little bit about your your own background, who you are, and what your soccer experience is. I know the, I think I know the highlights of it, but um, maybe you can, maybe you can fill in some of the gaps. So talk a little bit about your, your first experiences with the game and, and where it ultimately, uh, where it ultimately led you and, and then also introduce yourself too. I think that would be a good start. Okay. So um, my name is Chelsea Braun and I, uh, I grew up in the Bay area, um, probably 15 minutes away from Stanford. And uh, I grew up playing in the game, and I, you know, I copied everything my brother did. So you know, every sport he went to, whether it was ice hockey, track, soccer, swimming, I did it. Um, and soccer was the one that stuck. That was the one I was the only one I was really good at. And, and so when he left to do other things, I was, you know, that's my sport. I'm sticking with it. And from there, um, my journey kind of began. Um, I joined a club team and it was about an hour away. So I took the train an hour to practice there and an hour to practice back and um, kind of started developing that um, commitment level that these girls are starting to, to recognize is necessary to be 
And if you want to play for a top team, that commitment and dedication is is mandatory to get there. Um, and so I, I found out um, that I love the game and, and decided to, to dedicate a lot of my time to it. Um, from there, I was recruited by UCLA and by Jill Ellis, who's now with the national team, and uh, spent my four years there. Uh, BJ Snow took over my sophomore year, so I had him my sophomore year and uh, junior year when Jill left for the national team. DJ left for the national team after that, and I had him come out my senior year, um, where we won the national championship my senior year against Florida State. And uh, I graduated, so I, I left after winning the national championship and uh, I I went back and forth whether I wanted to keep going with the game and decided that, you know, through college I was working nonstop, whether it was internships or part-time jobs um, and then going to school and playing for the team. So um, free time wasn't really there for me. I was always somewhere and always doing something. So when I graduated, naturally I thought, okay, I need to jump right into work because I can play the game, but how long can I play the game just on pure love for the sport because I, I won't get paid. And and really it's just how long can I go until I have to, you know, quote, unquote, get a real job and, and sustain myself in L.A. Um, or wherever I am around the world. So that's a real problem that um, women are facing right now and, and something that we as you know, right now we're in a day and age where we're, we're trying to fix that. Um, so naturally my mindset was, okay, like I've been working, I'm going to jump into a job right away. And so I went into the PR, um, into the entertainment industry and, uh, spent my two years there. And, and then, uh, <laughs> God is, uh, I believe I, I got pulled back into the soccer world just based on where I'm, where my purpose is. It's funny how you get, um, put in those situations or dragged back into your passions and, and where I think I was supposed to be. And I don't think I was ever supposed to leave the soccer world or, or maybe I was, and I, I was supposed to come back to it with a lot more understanding for, for what the demand is. And the demand I see maybe wasn't for me to go play professionally, but maybe it was for me to, uh, and what I see now is to, to help the next generation, um, find their spot and have opportunity that maybe um, that we know a lot of kids don't have. So I, two years after working in PR, I, I'm back in the soccer world and I've never looked back. And uh, now we have Chidella Football Club Los Angeles um, in Hollywood, an all-girls club, um, really looking to provide opportunity for, for kids that don't have it um, or maybe can't afford it. So it's really been a powerful movement. It's something I'm so so passionate about because it's it's a it's a need that needs to be met. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we are right now. And there's a lot of great things that have come from it. And um, the journey has been unbelievable with the people that have recognized our mission and to help kids and to provide opportunity and um, to be a very inclusive club, a diverse club, um, and you know, the cherry on top is that we play a really, really special style um, of soccer that I don't, I don't ever see um, unless it's within our club. So it's been really special. It's been a, a powerful movement. And people, it's been exciting to see all the people have come on board fighting for it. So 
that's where we are. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it, I know it's like, uh, you put your life in fast forward and you try to sum everything up in 10 minutes and it's like, how, uh, how is that possible? <laughs> um, of course I want to, I want to get back into talking about Tudela FC. I think that's mm-hmm. the most important probably part of the, of the mm-hmm. phone call, but I also want yeah. to rewind a second and go back to that moment when, where, or sorry, when you were deciding kind of what your next move was going to be. You're coming off of a, mm-hmm. a, a national championship. You're coming off four years uh, at one of the most prestigious women's soccer schools in, in mm-hmm. the United States and, and one of the most prestigious programs in the world when it comes to women's soccer. You have you know Jill Ellis and BJ Snow as, as two of your coaches. Um, you know, that, that's quite a resume that you have. And so when you're trying to make that decision, like, what am I going to do next? When it comes to guys soccer, it's, it's like, there's no question there. It's like, I'm going to play professional soccer and I'm going to try to get paid. But with women's soccer, like you kind of hinted at, like that opportunity isn't as clear cut as it is on the guy side, even though it's made massive jumps forward in recent years, it's still not a guarantee that you're going to make a career out of this. So when you're going through that moment, I, I have a couple of, of questions, I guess. Who are you looking to for advice in those moments? Are you looking to other players that have gone through it? Are you looking to other family members, to your coaches? And what were some of the biggest deciding factors when you ultimately made your decision? Yeah, so my, my mentors have always been pretty consistent in my life. Um, one of them is, is Ryan Beckwith, who, who I grew up with in the Bay Area. Um, he basically, he, he was a, a trainer at UCLA, so he was a huge advocate for, for me going there. Um, and he was the one person that I asked, and it's, it's, I think it's the balance of what will make me happy, what will make me feel like I'm living off of purpose instead of going through the motions. Um, I should wake up excited and motivated to take on challenges and, and fight for things that I really care about. But there's also the other side of, of what will what will keep me afloat. Um and what will be there long term. So instead of just fighting for something with short term of this or immediate gratification, is this gonna be sustainable and is there uh, you know an end result? Like what's the highest that I can reach? And you know, for women's soccer the highest is the USA national team. Um, and I think a good representation of, of why, um, it was, it was a really, really hard decision for me, but a way that helped me now understand why I made that decision. Um, you know, the other day the USA national team was was playing and I wanted to know what channel it was on. And so I went on the ESPN app and, uh, I looked at the current games and I looked through all of the teams. And it was uh, the La Liga, you know, the Premier League, and I was looking at all the games, and I went all the way down the list, you know, I'm scrolling, 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 and, you know, it's all of these divisions and these leagues that, you know, are like third tier, but it's all men. And, and all of the men, 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 and I'm scrolling, 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 and I get all the way to the bottom, and I finally find the USA Women's National Team game all the way at the bottom. And I finally find the channel. And that's a huge problem that nobody knows what, when it's on. That Whenever I tell my girls to watch soccer, they're always like, oh, I watch the USA national team. And then I ask them, how often are you watching that? 
because we don't get we don't get a lot of games. There aren't games for for the women's team in the um, in the professional league on TV right now, um, and that access is so limited. So you know that they watch you know Messi or Ronaldo, you know all their favorite. Uh, players who are men and it's just it's a huge problem and so making that decision whenever I was going um, when I was you know leaving school do I go into a job that has a lot of levels that I can reach and, and continue to grow and it may not be my first choice because you know perfect world I, I went and you know played professionally and traveled the world and you know, I wanted to go to Spain and so it was either I was going to go to Europe and play somewhere, or I was going to go straight, you know, stay in LA, stay in the work I was working so hard to be in, um, and work my way up. Cause I can see, you know, it's, it's, it's safer whenever you see the end result, you know, like that's the person I want to try to become. And I know how to get there because there, there's a map and that person, you know, gets paid and it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a safe way to live, but it, it's, and that's why I broke out of it because the safe choice isn't always the best choice. Maybe the better choice was to take the huge risk and go play professionally and, and fight for that change. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now for the next one, because I didn't do that because of, of how, how hard it is. Cause I know based on so many friends that are playing professionally, friends that are on the national team, that it is hard that they're in this constant battle every day to fight for equal pay. And, and that's a real issue that they're, that they're up against. And um, so finding that balance of, of finding for something that you really care about, um, being sustainable. Um, and that's what I'm doing through TFC. That is the, the way to help kids, the way to help people and, um, completely changing the youth system so that it eventually changes um, the professional system and how we treat our national teams and um, because they're very very good and they deserve to be treated that way. But it was it was a really hard decision at the time. Yeah, what you what you're getting at is actually a really important topic. Um, not only when it when it comes to individual players but when it comes to clubs and, and teams and, and franchises themselves it's like what is the end goal here like what am I trying to achieve and and, and mm-hmm. where where is the roadmap in order for me to get there and when it comes to to professional soccer in the United States that roadmap is is almost non-existent when it comes to individual you know player path uh, pathways and also starting a club from from scratch like what is like what is the end goal for something like Tudela FC and and you can you know you can zoom out and you could like yeah hey I want to I want to create a club that's going to serve uh, youth players okay what's the next step like what happens when these girls turn 18 what happens when these girls want to play professionally so you know that roadmap doesn't really exist in in American soccer so it's in a backwards way, I'm, I'm, I'm tying the two topics together. Um, you know, the individual pathways and the, and the club pathways, uh, there's a lot of similarities there, even though we're talking specifically about your journey as an individual. So, um, I I guess this is a a kind of a good time to segue into like what Tudela FC actually is and what, 
your guys or, or what your purpose is with being with Tudela FC. So maybe if you can explain a little bit about what you what you guys are up to in Hollywood. Yeah, definitely. So Tudela FCLA is an all girls club that's very inclusive, and and so we don't we don't you know turn anyone away that cannot afford to play. Because that's a, that's a real issue here in LA is that a lot of the kids uh, can't afford club dues, and when you can't afford club dues, usually um, you can't play. It's a pay-to-play system. Um, so these kids uh, fall through the cracks, and uh, if they don't get the opportunity for professional training, when you don't have the opportunity for that, then uh, you aren't developed. And the prime years for development are, are six to twelve. So if they miss those prime years then they're behind and it's really hard to catch them up so what we're doing is um we have a a no kid gets left behind policy that's the way we we kind of think about it um if you can't pay then if you're good enough to play we're going to find a way and so um it's through fundraising grants scholarships and um the club is really active about that which is which is really amazing. Um, we have a lot of events that kind of support all these kids, but um, the, really, it's it's a huge movement. So being so inclusive to all these kids in Hollywood um, who usually wouldn't afford to play club soccer uh, are now having the opportunity to do so. And so, in result, we look like Los Angeles. So we're so diverse and it's really amazing to watch all of these kids really come together and, um, and really represent um, what we've all been fighting for. And, and not only that, we play really good soccer. So it's, it's really creative. We encourage our girls to, to, you know, be insane on the ball. So whenever teams play against, you know, a Tudela team, uh, usually I overhear people say, oh, that's a Tudela team. And they can recognize the Tudela way of, of playing. Everyone's insanely good on the ball. If, uh, if, if one person has one, you know, one person in front of them, it's a 1v1, they aren't afraid to break them down, um, which is really unique here um, and something you don't see often. It is girls having the confidence and uh, really the courage to take on 1v1s anytime they have them. Um, and and it's, it's a completely different style and something I was never taught growing up, never taught, okay, this is how you break a player down. And it's, it's insane to now teach it. And I always think I wish I had this. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's breaking that pay to play model, I think is something that really does make us different from um, a lot of clubs around the way we play makes us really, really different. And um, for, for the end result, we do have that mindset of, we want our players to play for the national team that we're going to train you as if you're going to go play for the national team that you might take. Um, you, you, there are going to be players that take advantage of this program and come every day of the week. And if they're one of those players, we provide that we have different programs throughout the week. If we're going to provide you the opportunity to make it to the national team, if, if that's really your end goal. Um, sorry. No Fire truck is passing by. No <laughs> Sorry, should I, should I pause? No, that's no, okay. I'm gonna, I just made a note that says <laughs> night, or at 19 minutes, fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But I think something that really does separate us is the style of play, the inclusivity within the club, um, and really trying to break that pay-to-play uh, model that, that everyone tries to you know, hold within the club because it's not realistic to a lot of these players. And so, yeah, if, if, if we can't break it, then we're going to bend it. That's kind of been our mindset. And training in coaches to, to teach the style and um, fundraising to, to, um, to support all of these kids and being an all-growth club and fighting for, for girls to have equal, you know, equal playing fields. Um, that's huge. And, and Hope So coming on board and recognizing our mission is, has also been huge for these kids to have someone of that, um, with that reputation and, and her history and, you know, the best female goalkeeper um, U.S. has. It's come and say, you all are, are doing the right stuff over here and I want to be a part of it. So it's been, it's been a huge blessing and the people who have recognized it have kind of given um, the coaches and the kids and everyone involved in this huge movement like a stamp of approval. So it's really been fun. Yeah, I've had the I've had the pleasure of coming down to watch just one of your guys' training sessions, but spending an afternoon with um, with Melinda and with Hope, and getting the chance mm-hmm. to, to come and see it live on the field, which was really um, I felt like that was really special, and I I really enjoyed yeah. seeing that. And and one of the things that Hope mentioned when I interviewed her that I that that I I really just remember it vividly when she was saying it was that she never knew that U.S. soccer looked like this. And, when she, and what she meant by that was, you know, how many different colors and sizes and, and, um, and just different styles of players we have. And when, mm-hmm. you, when you start talking about the, you know, what Tudela FC is all about and the inclusive, the inclusive um, mindset, and it's funny when you say inclusive because it's just for girls, right? But, um, but you know, welcoming everybody to come in and and train i think is very important and i'm going to say something right now chelsea don't don't get mad at me for saying this um and and people are going to think that it's controversial but it's just to me it's a reality i can't remember a time growing up when a a, a hispanic player wasn't the best player on the field that i was playing on but none of those hispanic players moved on to play anywhere significant and a lot of the, the other kids that moved on to play college soccer were just a bunch of white guys. Meanwhile, the best players on the fields were, you know, going down roads that were dead ends, it seemed like. And so they never, they never progressed. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, they were playing high school soccer while the white guys were playing club soccer because they could afford it. Mexican guys couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and so when Hope said that to me when I interviewed her, you know, I'd had that thought in my head, you know, for quite a while, but it just, it, it stirred it up again, thinking like, you know what, U.S. soccer should look a lot different. It should look a lot different. And, you know, hope going through the, the, the entire national team program for, for decades and not realizing, you know, that that's what U.S. soccer really looks like when you go out to a Tudela FC field. Like, this is what inclusive looks like. Um, that, mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. And then the, the multiple times that you've mentioned the, the inclusive aspect of your club, it just continues to kind of stir that thought in my head. So, um, I hope, I hope that you don't <laughs> get mad at me for, for mentioning that. 
no, it's real. <laughs> it's a real thing. That's why we're we're really proud to be so diverse because that is that, that is a huge problem that that a lot of these kids just aren't receiving the professional training, and and we have to just change that. Just one step at a time, we just all change it. So it's, yeah. it's a real issue. So. Tell me, um, tell me a little bit about, or, or describe your guys' playing style. You've hinted at it a couple of times, like, you know, Tudela has a specific style and people recognize it and people or your players aren't afraid to, to take players on 1v1. And I've, I've had the pleasure of following you guys on social media and I see a little bit of your training, which is, is really fun to watch as well. But for the people that are listening right now, d- describe to them, like, in, in you know one minute or whatever, uh, you know how you envision Tudel FC's playing style. It's a South American style, so we have like, it, really, it's it's they're unbelievable on the ball. They are fearless taking players one v one, and they're they're insanely creative. So. Really, our motto as a as a club is embrace your creative side. That we want our players taking risks. We want them being, you know, brave enough to to throw down their moves. Six to twelve uh, is is really just ball mastery, and then after that, they're able to be individually unbelievable on the ball to be collectively unbelievable as a team and as a unit. So that first comes individually. So. You know, during their first years um, in the club, in their first years in development, it's all individuals. So you'll see that in these Instagram videos, that the ones that get so much attention, these girls are just dicing players up, and people ask, "How are you doing this?" And I think um, one of the biggest, most repeated questions that we get is, "How do you get your players to do this?" How do I teach this to my to my player? And and really, it's it's how old are they? When are you starting this? Because if you're trying to teach them at 13, 14, it's too late. Like, yeah, you can teach them how to do a couple moves, but it's really it's not ingrained in them. We're playing catch up now. Um, so our playing style, yeah, it's, we embrace the South American style. You know, we have our TFC Fridays of just small sided games that were so technical, um, and and it's so many touches on the ball. So dedicating a certain amount of time per practice to just touches on the ball is, you know, essential for them to get so comfortable. You know, it's the 10,000 hour rule of you to be a master at something. So how early are you starting? Are you starting at 13 years old or are you starting at six years old? Um, so I think something that really separates us is how confident our girls are on the ball that any person at any time, wherever they are in the field, can break a player down. If they're under pressure, they're able to get out of pressure because they're unbelievable on the ball they put in their hours. Um, and it's thinking creatively. So creatively individually, and then as they get older, creatively collectively. Um, and and I don't see that outside. And it's, it's something that gets a lot of attention, which um, we're very... We're, uh, I love making these, these uh, Instagram videos because it just highlights what's going on because usually um for me it's it's, i tell people you have to see it to believe it you have to just come out to the practice to see what's going on but now you know social media is huge and now all i have to do is record it post it and and people are are recognizing oh my goodness (laughs) and uh that's been 
it's been huge because, again, before I would just tell people, you just have to see what these kids are doing. You just need to come out to your practice and see. And then they do. And it's, oh, my goodness, how are you teaching this? Um, <laughs> but, again, it, it's that 10,000-hour rule. It's how early are you starting? Um, because now it's as they get older and the stuff that, that maybe is hard, it's easy because they don't have to think about it. They don't have to think about, you know, taking touches out of pressure. It's natural. And um, breaking player that players down, they see one person in front of them, they aren't afraid to run at them. Um, and and not, not at angles, but run at the heart of them and break them down. Um, but it, it's, it's been really special to watch, especially these last three or four years, this this top 05 group is now, you know, making statements um, and competing with academy teams and VA teams. And um, it's been really fun to watch their progress and seeing the whole development of them taking so much pride in the technical ability and now being collectively really special. So um, for me, I've, I've, I wish I had that <laughs> growing up. I, again, I say this all the time. I wish I was at this club growing up. No, I would have been a different player too. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. And and what you mentioned right there is something that recently got brought up by by a professional men's player. Sorry, a retired professional men's player. Oh, I want to say it was Bobby Bobby Boswell. Um, and you know he spent a little bit of time at Atlanta, uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. United, and he was like, "Holy crap!" Like you know, I in my entire career in major league soccer, I was never exposed to training like this. Like this is Mm -hmm. insane. And and I think in in one of his, um, I think he wrote like an entire article about it. If I, if I remember correctly. Um, but he mentioned that, you know, they were training so much at Atlanta United and, and it was the repetition of the same activity over and over and over again, uh, over the course of weeks without days off that the MLS players uh, association or the, or the union, got involved in and they were like trying to, you know, set a limit on how much time the guys could spend on the field because the coaching staff wanted to train that much. But the guys, you know, for the most part, were all down with it. Like they're like, oh yeah, like this is like we want to learn this. Like we've never seen this before. We've never been part of this. Like teach us more. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah. what you're what you're kinda again, I'm tying the two topics together, but you know, what you're kind of hinting at is that for a long time, you know, this uh, uh the American coach uh, I don't want to make, I want to make sure I say the right thing here. American coaches have, you know, been doing things a certain way and that's just been kind of like tradition or standard operating procedure. But you know, there's so much else that they could be doing. There's a better way to be doing things. And I think that what you guys are doing, what you're doing, what Jacob's doing, uh, you guys are exposing the players to a different way of training. And I think that it's only going to benefit the girls that you're working with. And I want to make sure before I forget about this example, uh, just to, just to paint the picture for listeners, how creative you guys are getting, how different you guys are, are, are in Hollywood right now. Uh, you posted a video recently of teaching the girls how to bicycle kick. And I believe you guys were in a pool. Can you describe what that was all about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, let, let me just back up and, and <laughs> because really, really the, the mind and what this has all been built on is, um, is Jacob. And so Jacob Tudela, um, it, it's really been, um, around him that this whole club started. And 
um, you know, people have been were begging him to to start a club for years and years and years until you know he he always said you know no like I'm gonna like this is my priority this this, this. and it was really when um, he noticed that it was a a huge problem that that girls weren't receiving the same benefits that boys were receiving then you know he decided to okay enough is enough let's 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 do this um and all of the coaching philosophies have been through him so all of the coaches are trained and built through him um he trained me in um he's trained um all the other coaches in any coaches that come in have to go through a year of learning and then they coach um, so that all of the teams are trained the Tudela way, um, and that there aren't um, inconsistencies throughout the team. So um, the Instagram videos are are Jacob. They're they're his ideas are like, oh man, this would be awesome, and, and taking advantage of opportunities of of a pool. So the pool video, and it's such a funny story. Um, we were in Indiana. We know we run. Tudela Football Club um, in Indiana, which is um, his family's club that, that are there, we hold a summer camp there every summer. And so this past year, we flew out, you know, 70 kids um, from L.A. to Indiana within like a month um, for camp. And it was our preseason camp before league started, which is unbelievable. It was so much fun. Um, the girls experienced almost like a preseason um, environment that colleges go through. Um, and so, you know, they really wanted to swim, and for some reason our pool um, kept turning green. And, you know, we're not going to let our kids swim in a pool that's green. And so, we, you know, we had to fix it. You know, we took, like, the, you know, test to the, like, the store and you know they, everything came back okay and we couldn't figure out why the pool kept turning green and and this is where you know we, so anyway we drained the <laughs> pool and we're refilling it and of course Jacob you know looks at us he's like I have an idea we're going to take this opportunity and I'm going to teach and I'm going to use that pool and I look at him like he's crazy I'm like okay I don't know what you're talking about and uh, so he had some of the girls. He said, "If anyone wants to learn how to bike, now's the opportunity." And so we we jumped into a half-built pool, or what is up to like our our size, and he he teaches them how to bike. And I'm there recording it. Like I can't believe he come he came up with this. And so many opportunity, like so many examples I can give you. I cannot believe he he comes up with this stuff. And he's just that mind. He thinks out of the box, and and he challenges what's going on. And um, he's the mind, and we're all soaking everything in. And um, that's why this club is so different, is because he thinks differently. Is that maybe someone looked at that pool and was like, "Oh, the girls can't swim, darn!" And you know, we have to empty it and refill it, and you know, let's go do something else. But he saw it as okay. I have a huge um, opportunity to teach them how to bike, scissor, diving headers. And so now, you know, of course, I video it. I put it on Instagram and people are like, oh, my God, why, why have we never thought of this? Because he's doing stuff that people don't think of. He's teaching a style that people are not teaching. And all of the coaches at TFC are just soaking it all in, learning and teaching. So it's, it's 
he is like the he's the creative side. He's <laughs> doing what he tells the girls to do. Embrace the creative side. <laughs> so it's I that's been one of my favorite videos because it's so different and uh, it really does kind of represent our club. Like embrace your creative side. <laughs> No, it's so cool. And, and you don't yeah. think about it very often, but it's like how I went coaches think coaches that are listening right now, like think about when's the last time you saw a bicycle kick in a, in a U12 or U13 girls soccer game. Like it's just not something that happens. And, and, you know, I, I referee soccer, you know, every Saturday and Sunday and I referee a lot of, you know, youth girls soccer games it's just something that you don't see very often and, and not that you don't see it in, that you see it at a high rate in boys games either but um you know the one time I remember seeing any of my girls when I was coaching girls high school soccer attempt a bicycle kick she actually got um she got called for dangerous play just the referee I think was just shocked wow. that that you know that somebody tried it and didn't know how to react and and everybody kind of just stood around and watched her and she wasn't really near anybody um but her foot was definitely over her head and the goalie made the save and everything. It was fine. But the referee called a dangerous play. I was like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, like just let it play on, like encourage that stuff. So that was kind of right. a bummer. But yeah, when I saw that video, yeah. I was like, that's, that, that's pretty cool. And, and I think that, you know, other coaches are going to be able to, to kind of steal something like that or, 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 you know, go watch that video and, and get a couple of ideas for themselves. So I think that that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we hope so. We hope we hope that people see these videos and try to implement them. Where uh, where can people where can people find more about you and about Tudela FC and about Jacob and and just the whole the whole project that you guys have going on in in California and Indiana? The the best way uh, to see what's going on is the website and the Instagram. So the website is www Tudela or com, and um, the, the Instagram is Tudela FCLA uh, but the, the Instagram is definitely the, the best way to see what we are doing the creative stuff these girls are doing and um, to keep up to date it, it's <laughs> it's definitely fun um, to see what these girls are doing and it's, it's changing a lot of views of uh of what these girls are capable of. Um, honestly, the comments that I see, people can't believe it, but also um, people, are, I think, are, are most surprised that these are girls that are doing it. So it's time to change a whole expectation. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Instagram is CDLSCLA and the, the website is com. Perfect. Um... I'm going to end the interview with the question that I'd like to ask everybody. Uh, and you can mm -hmm. feel free to answer this however you want, um, whether it's about your own playing career or the club itself or American soccer in general, whatever. But um, it, it's a pretty vague or broad question. But what do people need to know? Hmm. What do people need to know? I think people, uh, for me, I think I'm going to go off of my own experience. Um, people need to find what their, people need to find purpose. And, and, and I know that's a broad answer too, but, um, for me, the, the biggest change that I've had in my life is that I found 
something that I'm I'm willing to fight for. And I think people wake up and they they don't know what they want to fight for, and that's where people can get lost. And um, I think I've experienced both sides of of not knowing what my purpose is and not knowing what I should be driven to do. And um, I know now that having a mission it, it makes you powerful because waking up every day knowing that you're fighting for someone else gives you the energy to do it and in living for other people that's fulfilling so it's i think it's just finding purpose and living every day with purpose um i think uh that'd be my my biggest uh my biggest note even if it's it's playing a you know waking up and wanting to go professionally and and playing at the top level and having that purpose to do so, do it. If your mission is to help other people in, in your gifting, know your giftings and use it to help your purpose. And living off of that, I think, is um, what we all need to know, is that we all have a purpose. And find it and, and fight for it. 100%. I'm going to send you a picture of, of the quote I have in my room uh, as soon as we hang up. Because I think you'll you'll find it uh, pretty ironic. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, uh, any uh, any anything else you think that we didn't get to, or that you really want to get out to to people that are listening? No, I, I don't think so. No, thank you so much for the call. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. If you are interested in finding more episodes of the 343 podcast, or if you are interested in learning about more of the benefits of the program that helps to support and fund this podcast that you just listened to, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, .com. To tell you a little bit more about his experience with one of our online programs, here is Tom Beyer. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student and as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I liked about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop, um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, you can find all of that information by going to and visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right, we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the work that we do. 